Thanks for all your help, guys. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, Coco. Yeah, don't all jump up at once. No, we're all right. <laughs> you guys go in those, and I'll get this one. Great. You're not sure about grace? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You oh, there you go. <laughs> yes, so um, if you haven't been here for, for a couple of weeks, we're, gonna, we're going to carry on with our, our faith series. So just during, during the last lockdown, if you remember, we kind of, I was kind of lamenting with God and praying some really honest prayers in the factory about my frustration with where where to go to from here and how do you how are you supposed to carry on with a a series or something when you're not sure if you're going to be meeting online or doing whatever and over in the factory go have a look at it it's pretty neat there are three signs that hang in the corner of the factory that tribe uses their kind of mantra or their uh, their vision statement so to speak and it is um <laughs> forget it now um it's fun it's friendship and it's faith, all right? Yeah. And, and I remember as I was vacuuming, doing it, and God said, you know, sort of look in the corner. Well, I felt like God said, look, look up there. And it was like, oh, man, do you got anything else? Like, what, how do you do that? Like, what's fun? Oh, and I wasn't feeling very fun at the moment, you know, in, in lockdown and all that. And it's like, that feels really disingenuous to speak on fun when, you know, how could you possibly? And then, and then sort of as things went on, we're thinking about it. And so we finished, or I finished, well, with with faith and then really felt the incredible invitation for us is to share our stories or part of our stories of faith that there's inc something incredibly ordinary about about each one of our stories we all have a story and yet there's in something incredibly powerful scripture says like the, the, there's power in our use christianese testimony but all that is is there's something incredibly powerful about being open and honest and in, and in many places, times, vulnerable with maybe the hard times or the difficult things or the challenges or even the mountaintop moments, the really great things that actually can do and will make a difference to other people's life. Has anyone ever experienced that? You know, like where, where either someone else's story or you sharing your story has really genuinely made a difference to someone's life. Right, right look it around. So that's why we're doing what we're doing, and I've, and I've picked um, a couple of people each week for the next couple of weeks, and this morning we have got Niall and Grace. Give them a big round of applause. And, and kind of in preparation, I've kind of sent out an email with, with just some really big open-ended questions, that, but they, they, really are just they just really are to serve as a, a framework to get 
get these guys thinking about, about their faith journey, about moments in which they've really encountered God and, and how maybe those moments or times can make a difference to someone else. And, and I've been using, we've been looking at Hebrews for this faith series and, and looking at that idea of Hebrews um, 10 verses 23 to 25, let us hold tightly without wavering the hope we affirm. God can be trusted to keep his promises. There we go. Jenny's got it. But isn't it? And But don't we need to be reminded of that? That's why I love these pictures this morning and, and all of those things. We, it is so crucial to be reminded that God is a God who can be trusted to keep his promises. That let us think of ways that we can motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect the meeting together, as so many do, but encourage one another, especially now, as the day of his return is drawing near. So that's what we're doing this morning. That's what these guys are going to do. And so um, why don't you guys introduce yourself? I said maybe, maybe share something that we might be surprised to know about Niall and Grace. Maybe you could do each other. No, I don't know. <laughs> Is it, is right, it you start, why don't you start? And I'll, that'll give them a chance to. How's that? Is there a handle? Uh, oh. Yes, there is. There Thank you go. very much. Uh, I'm local and I've grown up in this area. Mum and Dad have been around for about 40 plus years. And so I've had the privilege of growing up in Walkworth and then coming out here. And something that you wouldn't know about me is that I really enjoy the outdoors and I really enjoy. Uh, being active and in the course that I did there was this one opportunity where we had to do lots and lots of sit-ups and I ended up being able to do the most out of anyone I was just this young girl out of high school and somehow I managed to like do over 2,000 sit-ups Wow. In one go. Yeah, in one go. And I don't even know. I wow. hope I was doing them right. There was someone who was, you know, like staying with you to count them. I don't know how I did that. I bet everyone else. And that's my claim to fame. Wow. wow. Over 2,000 oh. setups, never to be repeated again. I, I will not even enter a setup competition because <laughs> I don't want the, you know, oh, you don't make it to 2,000 again. So I'm just going to stick with that one gold medal. Over Brilliant. to you, Niall. That's, that's impressive. I know, I know. I feel like if that were me, I'd have to work that into every conversation I ever have ever again. You know, like, <laughs> that's brilliant. I need it. 2,000. I should have a certificate framed on my yeah, wall. Yeah, I'd have yeah. a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Can you top 2,000 now? <laughs> no, I can't, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, my name's Niall. Um, I look after the youth with Sam. Um, and have done youth for a number of years, so it's exciting to be a part of that here. Um, I am from the mighty Waikato originally. Yeah. Moved up here when I was 16 um, and did the Lifeway uh, Bible College course uh, when I was 17. And then, uh, you know, met Grace along the way and got married and never left, so still, <laughs> still here. Um, and something you don't know about me, I legally have three fathers and two mothers, which makes Christmas an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or really good. Are they very generous with their presents? No, no, no. 
Wow. That feels like a story in and of itself. I feel like panning all of it. I want to know that. Oh, well, well done. Let's give these guys a big round of applause. Welcome. I know it's not easy, um, but the, they, were, um, they were so... It was wonderful to send the message out, the text out, and hear, hear great, enthusiastic yeses straight away. Just FYI, you know, <laughs> maybe in the future. Um, yeah, and so, so let's just get started. Like one of the, one of the things that I, I kind of, those big questions that we kind of talked about was for each of us, we know that in this faith journey, it's not, we'd love it to be these great mountaintop moments one after the other, but the reality is, and probably the, the good thing is that we, we face challenges. And so, you know, maybe I think, Grace, you had talked about Hey, like some challenges or, or whatever that you face and how that how that's worked and yeah, yeah. so I uh, when Lyndon sent out the question about um, challenges in your faith journey there was kind of two different types of challenges that came to mind one is the everyday now challenges that I face on a daily basis or a weekly basis the tensions of life uh, that perhaps later on I can mention some things about that but uh, there are also those big things and I'm sure uh, many of us um, as kids would have been adventurous and would have uh, played sport or would have jumped out of trees and, and I'm sure that many of us would have had the experience of being winded so could you pop, pop up your hand if you remember being winded what it felt like yeah look at that and I feel like in life sometimes there are those moments that knock the wind out of you and uh, in in my life in 2013 I had one of those moments uh, where my brother passed away so he had cancer and for three years battled hard out and he unfortunately he wasn't strong enough to beat the cancer and we prayed for him and luckily we had a really uh, fantastic time with him leading up to that I even remember the day just before he passed away that night going to hospice and spending time with him and just the joy that God could bring into that tricky situation. But that was probably, for me, the beginning of um, my first knock-the-wind-out-of-you situation. Uh, but for our family, it didn't stop there because two years later, my sister died as well. So when I say my, that's me and Christina, we're sisters. So, uh, so two siblings in the matter of two years or three years passed away my sister was quite sudden. I, we think it possibly was a blood clot. She went to hospital and then one morning we got the call, come quickly, she's, ha she's gone into cardiac arrest, but we didn't make it in time. So that, that was another knock the wind out of your sails. Uh, in that same year, Niall's, grandma, no, Niall's grandfather passed away and he was a mighty man of God that was very close to us. My grandmother passed away and then the following year, uh, at the beginning of that next year, my uncle committed suicide. So one after the other, four significant people, or five actually, five significant people in our life were gone for various, for different reasons. And to be honest with you, the one that hit me the hardest that I couldn't get my head around was my uncle taking his own life. Because for me, I had, I was able to, uh, the other the other knocks, the other situations, they were outside of our control. They were things that were bigger than a choice. And when it came to my uncle passing away, I was quite close to him and I felt like 
God, how could he have thought that he was unloved? How could he have thought that his life meant nothing? And so that for me was, in all of those seasons of grief, that for me was probably the biggest faith question of, God, what could we have done better to support him in his troubles and in his challenges? And I feel like in that time, uh, something that was a real challenge for me was uh, learning how to allow myself to grieve. And so there's a verse in Lamentations that says, it's in Lamentations 3, and it says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercy begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. And I found in that season, in that time period of about five years of this grief, one after another, that I had in some way I had chosen to turn my grief taps off, my emotional taps off because there was, it was so overwhelming that I couldn't bear to feel that deeply and so I also then had to go back and say after that say God I allow you to or please help me to turn these taps back on because life without grief and without happiness is, is not life to the fullest so I've been through a process after that in my faith journey of saying God I allow you to or help me to open these taps because I want to feel and also I want to be able to feel so that I can uh, lament with other people because if, I, if I'm not real with my grief then I can't be there for others when they're really grieving so that verse about daring to hope again was a really big strength in that season Wonderful Yeah, one of those things I'd love for us to really um, be able to articulate, but even more than that, to be able to outwork the, a practice of faith that, that, that embraces that grief, that, that knows what it is to, to, to get alongside someone who is hurting and, 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 and to know that no words that we can say will make a difference, but being there, of, of you know, being with someone, that is faith, that is, and it's inappropriate and it's good and it's right. Now, how about how about you with you know sort of challenge and um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit of a tough story to follow on with, but uh, that's right. Very good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, Simon spoke this morning about this idea of you know pursuing and to you know that the whole prayer and you're praying to something and then just before you know you sort of get that answer, something happens and sort of not you know knocks sort of the wind out of you um you know there's that challenge of you know when you're praying for something and you're not seeing the answer come into fruition it might be a very long season of that and something that I struggled with in my own life was anger and sort of the whole story of having two dads you know three dads and two mums you know I, I never met my biological father until I was about 23 um and uh, you know, and had different various stepmothers and stepfathers, and was the child recipient of some pretty horrific divorcements. 
um, and you know just going you know, having being abused in different ways throughout my childhood and and just just I, I, I could not wait to become an adult because I just wanted to get out of being a child in the environments that I was in um, and so from that produced this anger inside of me that I didn't even really realize I had until I got married <laughs> so marriage is wonderful <laughs> things <laughs> marriage produces very pleasurable moments but um, also very frustrating moments as well so um, one of those things was realizing that I was actually a very very angry person and uh, I would consider it sinful anger rage that was in me and I would just react to things so absurdly and and when you're single you know you, you get to go home and you get to just be yourself and there's no one else around you to, to sort of um, you know to experience that with but when you're married it's sort of a 24-7 process so um, you know I learned you know grace so grace took the biggest brunt of that and um, I was able to keep my anger in check sort of in public but in private it just sort of went off the hinge and to, to the point where you know not finding a car park I would I would swear I would curse I would blame grace I would blame God like it was it was really bad and and you know she took she took a big a big side of that and and just the language that I would use and it was just horrific it was like this demonic thing inside of me would just flare up uh, whenever I was inconvenienced by certain things um, and I knew there was something wrong I I could feel it and I would pray to God and I would read scriptures and I would speak scriptures over my life and I would worship and I would come to church and I would talk to people about it but just this thing was still there all the time and and it was over a course of a couple of years where I would just pray I'll get on my knees God help me help me help me to overcome this thing and you know speaking scriptures like you know I resist the devil and he will flee for me and you know and and but nothing seemed to work and you know challenging you know the fact that our marriage was you know the first years of our marriage were horrific in that sense and and the kind of person that I was and who I wanted to be it wasn't a true reflection and anyway prayed and prayed one night um one of our the pastors at the church that we were going to held a what he called a momentum night and it was basically a night where you would be invited anyone would be invited you'd gather together and you just speak honestly controversially whatever you know just whatever's on your heart you'd, you'd talk about and just a normal night so I went along and had gone along to a couple of these things before and loved them and and anyway at the end of the night he opened up the floor he said okay what we're going to do we're going to open up the floor and anyone that just wants to speak and confess stuff this is your chance and at that moment I felt the Holy Spirit say this is your time all those prayers you've been praying, all the worship songs you've been singing, all the things you've been doing has led you to this very moment. This is your time. Will you take it? And I'll get to this a bit later, but you know, the sense of making that decision in those moments. And so I got up straight away, got right up, and I just started confessing. And I was bawling my eyes out and, and I was just a complete mess and confessing this, confessing my, my sin, confessing this anger that I had. Um, and what it was doing to our marriage and what it was doing to my relationship with God and other people and anyway so blubbering mess and people got around me and, and were laying hands and I don't remember too much of the night but what I do very, remember very clearly is there was um, a lady there who she, there were pro she prophesied over me she said Niall I see a raging storm inside your heart and I see Jesus standing there and he says peace be still 
And when she said that, it, I honestly felt like something was, a burden was lifted off, a weight was lifted off, and I could, I could feel my churning stomach that I would feel when, I was, when the anger would rise up, just dissipate. And from that moment, never had an issue with anger in that sense. <laughs> so it's this, in Revelations it says, and I think Lynn spoke it this morning, but we overcome by two things, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, the blood of the lamb is the need of salvation of Jesus Christ, the cross, the crucifixion and, and resurrection. You know, undoubtedly we need that. But it's also a testimony. It's the things that we experience and go through, those God stories that we have that we can remember. You know, when doubt hits and goes, God, are you real? What's going on? You can go back, look back at your notes, look back at your journal and say, no, God, you are real. If there's, if there's any of those doubting moments that tap on your shoulder, you can knock them off, knock them off their feet. And something that Sam and I have been really pushing with the youth is this, this sense of stepping outside of their parents' faith into their own. And everyone has a faith in, in, to some degree in, in every aspect of their life. But, you know, obviously, as a child, you rely heavily on your parents and what your parents are doing and coming on to church and different things. And, and so for us, we're really pushing the sense of stepping outside of your parents' faith and really finding Jesus for yourself. And a lot of that happens with those testimonies, those stories, those God moments. Um, so, we're, yeah, that's something that we're really pressing for. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, one of, the, one of the questions I think that Matt and Lee answered last week, but I'd love to sort of do the same, is that idea of, you know, throughout life we sort of glean wisdom and, and experiences and stuff. And Grace, for you, have, have you, um, what sort of wisdom, I think the question I wrote or had written down was, what wisdom would you love to have shared with someone who is, or would you love to share with someone who's in an earlier stage? Or do you wish someone would have shared with you, you know, sort of where you're at? And so... Uh there's, I have two things, and the first thing was uh, similar to what Niall said about not f forgetting in the darkness what God has spoken to you in the light. So for example, today you might have been feeling in a good place and God's spoken something to you. You take that away and then throughout the week some really hard things happen, but actually what God said today is, is relevant and it's still active. And so often that's been something that I've clung to and just making taking the time to write those things down and put them somewhere where you will at some point see them again. So that was one thing that came to mind. But also for me now and my faith journey and the day-to-day -day things, I would be, I am more aware now that life is very complex. As a child, it was black and white. And I see that in my children as well. They're, they're black and white. It's either right or wrong. It's yes or no. But now, in the difficulties that I face uh, with family members who are struggling with mental health or people that I love who are making choices that are harmful to themselves or to each other, uh, those situations don't usually just go away with the click of a finger. They're not black and white. Even lately around the political discussions, I have uh, cousins who look at things extremely different to me. How can I continue to live out a God-centered, loving life while engaging in conversations with them that might be controversial and difficult? And so I think that uh, life is complex 
and it's okay to lean into that and you can trust that God or what I would be saying to myself is it's okay to trust God with the things that don't make sense with the things that don't resolve themselves that are week after week they're still there and you and I would encourage myself and I would encourage you guys to lean into that trusting that God will carry you through it when Niall and I were dating we must have had an argument or something because we're sitting in the car looking at the beach and not very happy with each other and the beach it was a really rough day stormy white caps kind of the beach changes color the clouds change color and I remember I must have been ticked off at Niall or something and he said to me you know what sure even the know. rough stuff is beautiful and I just remember that quote that that I was looking at the rough beach thinking oh what a what a bad day oh, you've really annoyed me this time or whatever something it would have been something little but the rough stuff is beautiful the storms are there and the waves are there and the wind is there and the clouds the darkness of that season there is still beauty in that uh, and in life it's easy to pull back from those situations to disconnect from the relationships that are difficult but God equips us to lean into them in in a way that he wants us to it doesn't mean we have to go in guns blazing and and it, and it doesn't mean that I can fix the problem either which is really difficult to come to understand but the complexities of life in that there can be beauty in working with difficult situations and sorry just to add a verse that came to mind in that uh, is in Hebrews 6 verse 19 it says I'll just start from part of 18 uh, therefore we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls and I think that's a beautiful thing to remember that in the storms God our hope in God is our anchor wonderful now, why don't, you, why don't you finish with your um, story? Now has a story that relates to me personally very much so. Um, it involves men and making bad driving decisions. You know, men. <laughs> oh, no, none of them. Oh, come on. I've seen some of you drive. God, it's a good one. Yeah, I think, um, and it, I mean, at the end of this, we'll, I was sort of talking to sort of this whole aspect of, even this morning, you know, people standing up and, and speaking but uh, something that really shifted me in my I suppose uh, appreciation sort of fear of the Lord and, and that whole like taking things seriously is um, I don't know about eight years ago um, we were driving um, sort of around that Windy Ridge um, Moyers Hill sort of area that you got that really huge hill with the passing lane going north uh, south um, they call it the launch pad. The oh. launch pad. Oh, no. <laughs> and anyway, so we were coming north, so coming the other way, and um, we were sitting behind this camper van, and it was going about 80, um, 85 kilometers an hour. So, you know, I had a little Mitzi uh, Eterna V6 car, and uh, I thought to myself, I had this thought, okay, um, I don't like being behind this slow vehicle, so if we get down to where the where the passing lane is coming the opposite direction if there's no vehicles you know legally 100 meters straight 
no cards, I, you know, white chicken line, good to go. Okay, so I thought to myself, I'm going to pass, pass this camper van if there's, if there's no cars. Um, and as soon as I thought that, I had this Holy Spirit moment. He said, don't do that. And, you know, you can sort of, you know, it wasn't like the spiritual moment where I was like, oh, you know, the, the, the ceiling of the car opened and Jesus said, don't do that. But, it, you know, it was just this little thing inside of me that said, don't do that. And um, learning to listen to that inner small voice, you know, that you have. Anyway, so we got over the, over the hill to where the bridge was and, and I looked out and there was no cars. And so I thought, great. You know, there was a little small voice that said, don't do it. But clearly that was just my mind. <laughs> So I pull out and start passing. And as, a, and as soon as I pull out and already committed, this vehicle came flying around the corner. And they must have been doing 150, 180, because it was, you know when a car's going so fast, it's like sucked down to the, to the road, and the suspension sucked down. And flying around, flying around. And, and I thought to myself, OK, no, that's fine. There's three lanes. so. Even even at worst case, it's going to be okay. So we're driving, and I'm and everything. I mean, this happens so fast, but it, it feels so slow when you're th actually looking back now. But so I'm I'm sort of halfway passing, and then the car starts coming into the lane, and then I'm in. And I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, what what is he doing? What's going on? And surely he must make a mistake. He's going to correct himself, but no, he gets close, sort of merging over more and more. And so I start merging closer to the camper van so I'm almost touching the camper van and sort of going faster to try and get in and we um, I'm, a, I'm about three quarters of the way through and bang our wing mirrors hit so that's how, that's how close he was to our car and you know carried on got through um, and sort of pulled over at the honey centre and was just sitting there in shock and got home and when we got home I locked myself away and got on my knees and, and uh, praised God and asked for forgiveness and I think for me it was like well I need to listen to that small still voice within me and it might not be it might not be a case of life and death every time but you know what's, what's on the other side of your obedience or who is on the other side of your obedience when you speak when you get someone come into your heart and you're speaking to their lives, what you know, what what is the Holy Spirit doing in that moment when you're speaking, when you're ministering to them, giving them encouraging word, um, maybe filling them with hope because they didn't have any. And for me, it was a sense of like, you know, it could have been a headline of major car crash. You know, um, I had Grace was in the car, um, and we had Solo who was asleep in the back. Needless to say, I don't drive like that anymore. But um, um, you know, it could have been a completely different story. Um, yet, by somehow the grace of God, it, it, we're still alive. So, I took that moment very seriously, and I, I haven't really, like, I've never actually shared that story um, before because I, I keep it pretty close to my heart. Um, but you know, felt like it was a good platform to sort of speak that, which sort of leads me into this aspect of, you know the first story of me praying and asking for God to deliver me from this anger well, why didn't he deliver me he at that time and it's like it's, it becomes frustrating but what happened was that there was a moment and God spoke to that lady who then prophesied in my life and God brought the healing what if she decided not to do that what if she had this inkling of 
these words that she wanted to speak over my life, but she chose not to. Would I have been healed that day? You know, and when we open up the when Lyndon opens up the floor and people get up and speak, you know, and you got that inkling in your heart. Well, who needs to hear your story? Who needs to hear what Jesus is ministering to you in that moment? Um, and you know, I, I this morning I looked up in uh, just good old Google, um, just Google, you know, um, stories of God using people in the in the Bible, you know. Um, what did we ever do without Google? Eh? Yeah, like, how, how was there even life before us? And so what I wanted to see is like, you know, um, scriptures that just speak of God using people. And the, the page was just full of scriptures. And it sort of was a, a reminder that actually God chooses to use you and me to do his work. And you may be a pivotal moment in someone's life. There may be someone on the other side of your obedience that could save their life. It could bring salvation. It could bring hope. It could bring deliverance. It could bring healing. You know. And so my encouragement, I suppose, to to all of us, and and you know, I certainly speak this over myself, is when you're in the time, when you're in your mornings praying or reading your Bible, or when you're here worshiping, and you get someone in your mind, act upon it. You know, if you start thinking about it, you may not do it. Um, and so, what I've started, what I've started doing um, in my morning prayer is, you know, I often praying, and I'll just get someone sort of pops into my mind, and so I'll, I'll flick them a text, say, "Hey, how you doing?" Just praying, thinking about you. Might have a scripture for them. And the amount of times people come back and say, "Man, I just, I need that. Really appreciate it." And it's like, man, I, you can just go so easily without resp- without responding to those Holy Spirit moments, listening to the inner small voice. So, you know, that that's that's that story of of a sort of a near-death moment when the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke to me was a real catalyst for, um, you know, trying to focus on what the Lord's saying to me in those moments, even if it seems pretty mundane and spiritualist. Wonderful. All right, well, um, you know, in just the, I just sort of said to these guys, obviously it's kind of one of those things. Actually, why don't we stand? And, and I just sort of said, you know, like if there's anything particularly well, one, I just I feel like now you know that whole idea of being being obedient or or sort of having an understanding of God's desire to to move in us and through us to speak of His love toward us to to someone else, um, you know, pray. But if there's any, is there anything else that you sort of that you felt like in the preparation that God would love just to minister to someone, or minister to people, and specifically or or otherwise, it's just, yeah, I'd love that as well. Uh, yes, um, linked into hope. Uh, if you feel like life at the moment, a certain aspect of life feels hopeless, or all of like life feels hopeless for you at the moment, uh, I would love to pray that uh, God would continue to reveal to you the hope that he is giving you. So I, yeah, just through that verse, daring to hope again, that takes guts and that takes boldness to step outside of your situation and dare to hope, put your hope in God again. Wonderful. So what, what I was thinking we could do is just, looks like kids are just about coming back, but if each of you could just pray your best 30-second prayer for us, you know. Um, and, and for us, if you would like to, in some way, position yourself to receive, so whether that's like hands out, open, just down to your side, or... Mouth open, maybe. Who knows? But um, 
yeah, just, just as a really simple physical way of saying, God, and, and I actually feel like even if you really find it hard to believe that he's, he wants to give you something, you know, there's a wonderful scripture is, I believe, but God, help my unbelief. Do you know, like God's so good that he even acknowledges that, man, we f- this stuff's hard to take sometimes. Like you, you, even if you're hearing their stories and you think, yeah, yeah, but. So just, you know, in a, in a physical way, in a really easy way, it's just like, God, I don't know if this is all right. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm just going to put my hand out hoping it might be true. God loves those prayers. God loves those hands. So, there you go. God, I thank you that when we feel like the wind has been knocked out of us, that you are so close, you're so present in those tough situations in life. And it says, God, that you are close to the brokenhearted. Sometimes brokenheartedness isn't in the big things. It can be even in the little things, God, the disappointments that come our way, the words that are said. And so, Father, I thank you that we can dare to hope again, that we can hold on to hope in you, in your goodness, in your love, in your faithfulness. Uh, And God, that we can uh, hold on to your hope as an anchor for our soul. I pray that as we go about this week, Father, that we would be connected into you, our anchor. Father, that we would sense your presence with us in the difficult situations, that hope would rise up inside of us and be like a joy and a peace that bubbles over. God, I also just pray from what Niall was talking about with responding to uh, your the Holy Spirit speaking into us, that you would give us the... Um, the guts or even just the the um, sense of listening to you God that our life wouldn't be too busy to stop and listen to those Holy Spirit moments to act upon them to share your hope and your love with people around us uh, to see them hold on to hope or to see them free from things that would be um, coming against them in their life yeah, Father, um, it was spoken this morning, um, that scripture in First Peter that says, Be holy as I am holy. And uh, Father, it can be a little bit confusing or frustrating to figure out how that's even possible, Father, but we can see the invitation that's in John 15, which is Jesus saying, Come, abide in me as I am in you. And we, as we abide in Christ, God, we uh, abide in his righteousness, we abide in his perfection, we abide in his holiness, and we are invited, um, God, into something that is beyond even this life, something that is eternal. And uh, Lord, help us to be a people that, um, just as it speaks in Proverbs 3, that when we see an opportunity to, to do good, when we see an opportunity to speak into someone's life, when we see an opportunity to, to praise your name, to, um, to be bold and to be confident, Father, that, uh, that we wouldn't withhold that good, but we would act upon it. Father, your scripture says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And Father, we just uh, speak this over our lives, um, God, that for each and one of us, that we would feel your love and we would share your love in the name of Jesus. Wonderful. Give these guys a big round of applause. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your story.